You're listening to Two Guys, One Album with music insiders Michael Heideman and Paul Farber. We are two music experts. Green Experts is pushing it. Taking on the greatest albums of all time. Uh, it's a little subjective. Song by song with careful analysis. All right, I wouldn't say careful. Look, we're having fun with the songs. Two guys. One album. It's a dark day for, <laughs> for two guys, one album today. Yes, that's true. I disagree. We are covering the 90s hit album, again, subjective. When, <laughs> when in the intro you say that uh, most of these classic albums are subjective, this is our first one. August and Everything by the Counting Crows, which came out in 1993. August and Everything After is considerably, without a doubt, one of my favorite albums of all time. Now, it's one of those albums you also don't admit to so loving. Uh, it's not something I brag about. I don't have any posters about it. But now that the the jur- that uh, you know we're I'm hitting, there's no screen here. No one can see my face. I can admit that it is definitely one of my top ten albums of all time. <laughs> and then I'll deny it later if if it's going to take away my man card. But it literally <laughs> is the greatest album. And it came out in 1993. Mm-hmm. I remember when it came out. And Mr. Jones came out, I thought it was the coolest song in the world, and they were coming to town, and they were playing at a 21 and over venue, and I couldn't get in. I was so mad. I was like, this is the coolest band, because then I got the album, Mm -hmm. and Mr. Jones isn't even one of the top five songs on the album. Really? No. Oh my, so I need a little bit of background on this album. Now, you hate (laughs) The Counting Crows, which a lot of people do, but Mm -hmm. what is your basis? Adam Duritz is the singer. Uh, who's one of the only people who can say he's hooked up with every female cast member on the fr- on Friends, which <laughs> really is cool. Everyone. I think Lisa Kudrow too, but at least Rachel <laughs> and Courtney Cox, mm-hmm. um, uh, Jennifer Aniston and Courtney Cox. I don't think anyone else has has uh, dated both those people. And if Lisa Kudrow is part of it, so be it. But this is the one man that can say that, and he's like my hero, one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Okay, so... You know, I it's it, there's so many different webs I can pull and and strings I can I can follow. Uh, that analogy made no sense, but I don't I don't understand why they would. He's a chubby chubby guy. He right? wasn't chubby back then. In okay. the '90s, he was. Uh, you know, he was kind of. Ch- you know, he's a good looking guy. Uh, you know, uh, he's got that uh, Middle Eastern uh, Jewish look. Okay. Uh, and he had great Rare dreadlocks. Rare to find. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think he's amazing. And, and and more importantly, he's such a good songwriter, and maybe that's why it was. He was just an interesting person. And, and maybe uh, Courtney Cox didn't care about looks. Mm-hmm. It's irrelevant. I guess, yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. For you people know, like me- What's on the inside? Yeah. For me, it's and that gave me hope that, hey, maybe one day my dream, Heather Graham, will say, hey, he's really funny. Or he's very clever. But- <laughs> Say Heather One Graham. of the best bands. And Heather Graham is my all-time. Yeah, she's my... Uh, oh, man, the roller skate girl in... Uh... <sighs> roller girl, yeah. She's my crush. Okay. But let's get into it. Let's let's go into the album. Uh, and, and it's got one of the greatest songs that starts called Round Here mm-hmm. to open the to open the album. Okay, Round I, Here. Now, uh, do you even know it? Let's, let's take a listen. Okay. And while this loads up, because I think there's a slow build to this, I'll give you a little origin of this band name and the band itself. Singer Adam Dur... What's his name again? Duritz. 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 
Oh man, I'm sorry, I'm not a friend's girl. I don't know his name by heart. <laughs> and guitarist David Bryson began playing San Francisco coffee houses together, performing under the name Counting Crows, which came from. I'm gonna do this for all of our listeners, their own. Came from what? The name was taken from One for the Sorrow, a British deviation nursery rhyme about the superstitions, counting of magpies, a member of the Crow family. And Duritz heard the rhyme in the film Signs of Life, which starred his close friend, actress Mary Louise Parker. Huh. Developing a following in the Bay Area and deciding to expand the band, Duritz and Bryson kept the name as they added new members. So, kind of cool. It was, it was, it's a little deep. Yeah. Now, did you know this song? Have you heard this song before? Wait, here is a part. See, it builds right here. I don't think you even knew this song. You just hate the Counting Crows because of Mr. Jones. Does it kick in to kind of a more upbeat In a second, tempo? yeah. This is the second uh, build. You know, it starts with just the intro, and then now the other guitar came in. There you go. How can you not like this song? He, it's, you know what it is? You just don't like him. I like him. Uh, he, I'm sure that if, if we were at a coffee house and he was reading me poetry and telling me all about how he likes crows, the worst animal of <laughs> there is. It's 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 symbolism because yes. it's dark. Um, I but it. I mean, there's some of the lyrics and some of these songs are so amazing. You like, know, this is a great one right here. It goes says. I mean, there's just it's just poetic. It's about heartbreak, loss. See, that's what I don't like about the band is his. It, all his songs are like so sad. And he sings in this kind of way that he's. It sounds like he's crying all the time. Where it's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm crowned here. That's like I'm every crowned. emo band that you Everywhere. listen to. Every emo band is crying through their eyeliner when they're. <laughs> what are you talking about? He's the one that created the sound for you guys. He's like, hey, uh, Bryson, will you kick me in the nuts before I sing this song? Because <laughs> I, I need to cry <laughs> to get That's these a, words. This is an amazing song. Round Here was one of the greatest ones. Okay. Okay. You've already you shit on this song enough. Let's go to the next one is Omaha. <laughs> um, not one of the best songs on the album, but still really good song. Oh, it, got, it, got some, it got some airplay uh, on AAA. This is the uh, the least long song on this album. A long album, to be honest. Yeah, a lot of five minutes, minutes yeah. five minutes, four minute songs. Which back then was really frowned upon for radio. It was really hard to get a radio song over three and a half minutes. And they were able to do it because of wow. Adam's amazing vocals and song lyrics. In the middle of the night, there's an old man shredding around in the gathering. Mr. If you're gonna walk on water. Okay, I'm trying to give it a chance. That's why I'm listening to it a little bit more. Harmonies. Where? There was a couple right there. <laughs> and you know, by the way, on some of these songs, Anna Begins coming up later, I know for sure, the singers were the singers from the band The Jayhawks. They sang backup on this because they were all friends. Really? And interesting enough, The Wallflowers, uh, Jacob Dylan, when they came out with their album, Adam Duritz went and sang backup for them as well. Okay, so. now that I can respect. I love the Jayhawks and I love the Wallflowers. They're two amazing American bands. Um, and they're all connected all to connected. Adam Duritz. 
Does does he had? I, I don't want to go into this because I know this album is very long. We have a lot to get through. But he must have had a really great connection with Hollywood. Maybe he is a really cool person to hang out with. His dad was a doctor. I know that because I remember I remember hearing about that. But I don't think he did. I, I could be wrong. Uh, callers <laughs> did, come and did, yes. correct us on that. But Practice. I don't think he did. I, he, he was there in San Francisco. He had a upper middle class upbringing. Okay. And, uh, you know, he just he just uh, he had that Mary Louise Parker, like you said, he was yeah. friends with hers, but. I don't. I don't know. Maybe people just like the songs. Well, maybe uh, they like the songs. Maybe they just like the one song that is up next, Mr. Jones. This is a song that put them on the map. Okay. Now I can see that they are where they would get a big gathering as far as the San Francisco audience goes. It sounds very Californian and very fun and, and hip, almost New Orleans-style singing. Uh, where It's a little bit more upbeat than the um, rainy, kind of cold <laughs> California weather you would seem like. But man, that... I just don't like his voice. I mean, this is such a driving rock song and such great... It's just... The picture he creates, and the video too. I mean, it was kind of funny, just him jumping around. Uh, I don't know if you remember it, but like, it, uh, it I can go... see, I can see those dreads bouncing. Yeah, I can see them in the my dreads were bouncing. In my nightmares. But it was. I mean, <laughs> this is a, a picture of this of this uh, relationship. It's just so cool, and mm-hmm. it's so like vague. Remind me of Bob Dylan. A lot of his writing, mm. and uh, just obviously, and then the guitar, the jangling guitar sound is very, uh, very uh, San Francisco. Yeah, I I, I noticed that a lot. Not a lot of effects go into their electric guitar parts, mm-hmm. which is uh, very rare Bryson, for yeah. for um. Well, I don't know. Is it is it rare for uh, a '90s band to like kind of take a, take apart from the effects? Because I feel like that was kind of the sound people were going for until Nirvana came along and trying to really like hit it hard. A lot of the bands, um, you know, they didn't use a lot of grungier sounds and effects like Smashing Pumpkins, all the the grunger rock sounds. Those guys did, but Counting Crows kind of filled the gap with, uh, they were more pop rockers, so they mm. were just more straight rock uh, harmonies and, and, and vocal-based sound, I think, is the best way to describe it. Wow. All right, let's uh, skip to the next one. Yes, Perfect Blueprint. This is a d- sad song, but it was also a really good song. You don't say. He's singing a sad song? Perfect Blue Buildings. But it resolves in the middle. Okay, you know what, Paul? I know that a lot of the listeners to the podcast are going to think, "Mike, come on, man! You're hating on a great album. You're just you're just it's denying." It's not characteristic the... of you. To no, hate. it isn't because I because I don't hate a lot of things, and I don't hate anything. <laughs> to be honest, I wouldn't put you dislike this... this band. Yes, I wouldn't put this on in my car. I wouldn't be driving around with this blasting in my headphones nobody i wouldn't be doing i've I've already conceded that this is not something you blast or are proud to like but if you're talking about (laughs) one of the greatest albums 
of of the 90s i mean mm-hmm. any top 100 album is going to put from the 90s this is going to be in everyone's list billboard rolling stones whatever and and this keep and and it's important to note too that the producer t-bone burnett mm-hmm. who's a famous producer he's gotten grammys for uh cold mountain walk the line uh he did the soundtrack for oh brother where art thou i mean this is one of the one the first things that he he's known for starting the careers of counting crows um Los Lobos, uh, Bodines. I'm going to keep that on your left. <laughs> but a lot of bands that- He started Los yeah, Lobos. He did. He helped- and, Well, they produced them. He helped produce them. But I mean, he. this is one of the things that, that you can see his influence on this stuff. He just makes these songs that have these amazing riffs and they're just got their catchy songs. Mm-hmm. Now, this one's not a catchy one. Necess- this is a, you know, not a hit song, but the next one is definitely what I consider the greatest song on the album, which is called Anna Begins. All right. Anna Begins. And this is where you can hear the Jayhawks in the background. You know, I noticed that they have a very vast group of musicians that play with them. Uh, mm-hmm. The current members are Jim Bogios, drums, percussion. He's still in the band. David Bryson, of course, the guy who started the band with Adam. Rhythm, guitar, vocals. Adam Duritz, lead vocals, piano. Um, Charlie Gilling, what was that? Everything he plays. Oh yeah, he's an amazing man. He plays. Uh, he's played the dreadlocks <laughs> ah, for years. You like him and now. now... But, you, know what? you know what? Okay, I gotta just make a mention real quick. I know you love this song, and I'll put it on pause so we can play a little bit more yeah, of this. Yeah. I respect, if anything, his uh, dedication to that haircut because you know. <laughs> I don't know I'll... if he still has. I think he's he's trimmed it down. I mean, and, and the band has changed lineup since. Like this, the band that was on August and everything after was definitely different than the band in the last five ten years. Okay, but um, and it was funny because they had a guitarist in the band that was like <laughs> just doing rhythm. It wasn't Bryson. It was another guy who was like their friend that he just kind of let they just let him play on stage and stuff because he was like their friend and whatever. I was always like, that's gonna be me. Like one of these bands that I manage are gonna let me go on stage and just play with them. Did it didn't happen. happen. <laughs> okay, didn't <I'm> happen. <laughs> I did Not get to yet. play with a couple bands on, on Hustle Blues that I managed in, in the, over the years. But um, but no, that was something I looked forward to. But yeah, Anna Begins. Anna be- oh yeah, Keep Anna playing. Begins. Uh, okay, oh, I You had more... Uh... I had more hair talk. Um, <laughs> the dedication to this hairstyle is phenomenal because I'm looking up online right now and at you look up Adam Durwitz uh, hair... Adam Duritz, 2018, all the same hairstyle. The dedication to those dreads is just what I can bow down to him for because that's it's awesome. Is Adam Duritz's hair real? It's another thing. Oh, yeah, maybe it's a wig. Ooh. So this song, this song is one of the – it's such a cool song because – that's a line that the, a lot of the song it's about a relationship that's hit hits a it's hit a line and and if you listen to the lyrics it's basically about him basically getting an uh in my opinion this is my interpretation mm-hmm. where he's getting an ultimatum or where's this going like mm-hmm. are we getting married or and it's just like Adam he's is in love with this girl but he doesn't want to I love you but you got to cut the hair or we're going to get married <laughs> there's one or the two options it's the hair or me <laughs> Anna begins, <laughs> and but, it's actually the real title of that song was "Anna Begins Cutting My Hair," <laughs> and and she started he started singing it, and, and then he she, stopped. He's like, "Wait, we got to stop it." <laughs> no, but if you keep playing, it, okay. it it resolves a little bit, and it gets. See, now it's like a minor minor key. Uh, we missed the part, but it goes into this. See, now it's like a happy resolve song. Oh yeah, and then at the end they've got these harmonies uh, where the the guys from Jayhawks come in. 
and it's just such a beautiful uh, layout that they've got. But then the bridge comes back. It's like kind of angry. He's like, I'm not going to break. See, it's about it's about a relationship. He's, he's, he's struggling with the one side. His friends are like, hey, what are you doing? You got this great girl. Mm-hmm. And the other side is like, well, I don't know, man. I got my career. Yeah, I, don't I can know, relate. Just, I can relate as a singles only podcast it, host. It's true. <laughs> of the singles only. He, I, you know, now that you mentioned, I could I could hear that because it sounds like he's saying, "Hey guys, I have this great relationship. It's awesome, but I already bought the shampoo that's specifically made for my hair. I can't just cut it right now." Uh, you know, I want to hear that Jayhawks part. So maybe it's we, coming up. It's coming up. The, the magic of the end, podcast. Yeah. I'll, I'll we'll keep it in the background. We can. Uh, I'll tell you when it's coming up. It's very. It's the last. It's a fade out to the song. And, and and this song, you know, I thought this was played. I know they played it on the radio, but reading about it right now, it wasn't even one of the uh, songs that was uh, single. Really? Mm-mm. Yeah, the track listing is around here, uh, Omaha. It's Rain King. Uh, you know that one, I'm sure. That was a big hit for them. Um, yeah, and you know this is the this song was written by the most people too. It looks like Duritz, Bryson, Marty Jones, Toby Hawkins, and Lydia Lil, sorry Lydia Holly right. also wrote. Here's the part. She's talking in her sleep. Do you hear the harm? You can hear the Jayhawks voice. Rain falls down. Rain keeps falling down. That's all they're saying. Just repeating in the background. Such a cool feel. Now that it goes higher. You hear it? Yeah. He knows how to keep those notes going. <laughs> the Jayhawks. Yeah, what a great Anna begins. band. Too. We got to get Jayhawks, one of their albums, on, on oh, the Absolutely. On for sure. So that's that. The next song is Time and Time Again. One of my least favorite songs on the album, but it's still a good B side. Deep cut. Mm -hmm. But on this song, there's also the Jayhawks on the harmonies. You can hear that the Wallflowers got a little little bit of influence from these Counting Crows songs. So I can hear a little bit of that. Yeah, so that that keyboard sound is Rami Jaffe from the Wallflowers. I think he also played on this. That makes a lot of Um, sense. I know he played on other stuff in the past, but I wonder if he played on this album. I thought he did, but... Don't want to miss. I don't. We can't be. Can't just make shit up on this. We're nothing if we're no, not accurate. No. Yes. We very accurate. I know we have very loyal listeners who like to email us and, and message us. And you know what? I thought of how people can reach out to us. How's um, that? You can find us on Facebook. Paul Farvar. Uh, <laughs> Paul F Comedy is his email at gmail.com. It's, yeah. And no, my, no, it's uh, no, that's my Facebook page. Oh, that's right. Paul F. Comedy is your Facebook page. <laughs> my Facebook. You can find me on Sound Sessions, or you can find me at Michael Heidman. Just if you have any corrections, please let us know. Yeah, and we want to be correct. If you love the Counting Crows, just you know, delete me off your Facebook, I guess, <laughs> suppose. And <laughs> so, I I don't think Rami was the the keyboard on this, but but you can tell that he was the same. I bet it's the same keyboard, the mm-hmm. same Wurlitzer. He's he's an amazing, amazing artist. I mean, the people who are who are part of the Counting Crows are nothing short of excellent. Um, it looks but she like just don't like them. I, you know what I think it is? 
the fact that I grew up in the <laughs> 90s and a lot of the songs that I listened to on the radio were all Counting Crows songs every single day. I heard Mr. Jones more times than any yeah. person should. No, I thought actually I thought Mr. Jones was my dad for a little bit. I called him <laughs> Mr. Jones. I said, can I go to school? Maybe you could bring me later to McDonald's or something. And uh, all right, let's just move to the next song, I think. Yes. I'll listen to this, my incessant this, So ramblings. the next song is Rain Kings. This is probably the... One of their most popular songs. Um, I believe this was the second single that was released. When I think of heaven, never me in a black wing bird. I think of flying down in New Sea of pins and feathers and all of the instruments of faith and sex and God. They're nothing short of talented when it comes to keeping the beat, at least. I can give them that. So the song was um, was on the Scrubs sitcom. It was on a couple things on One Tree Hill, okay. a couple things back in the 90s. It's a reference to Sal Bellow's uh, Henderson and the Rain King. Mm. So he is this poetry esque feel, but it was it was the second single. Now I know how he got so many girls. Paul is because he probably read them pieces poetry. of a poetry and, and then he'd sing it with his voice after he got kicked in the nuts by Bryson. <laughs> he'd sing it and then they'd be like, What's that smell? And they'd be like, Patchouli oil? Oh, yeah, oh, this is coming from your hair. <laughs> you know, I, you're I, obsessed with his hair. I think you're just jealous. I mean, uh, I actually well, kind of, you know, I, I will, it can, I will admit that, admit based on that, based on his haircut, at one point in 1994, I considered getting dreadlocks no way no it's a true story and uh the girl that i had a crush on was trying to convince me to do it and then um i didn't i forgot who was the voice of reason at that point you had me. somebody push you to get dreadlocks no i was it was my idea okay because i was so obsessed with adam durst this is when i was just playing guitar for the first time and i was obsessed with them i learned how to play all their songs on guitar and uh, and uh, I was like, I'm, I'm, I felt like I, I get obsessed with singers like that back mm. then when I was younger. I mean, this I was like 19 years old, so I was very impressionable. Okay, I, I hope that I'm not upsetting you with my uh, loathing for the Counting no, Crows. No, it's fine. There's going to be albums that, that you uh, love that I'm going to shit on too. But this one, and this one is rightfully shit on. I bet you a lot of our listeners hate the Counting Crows too. So they're appreciating your your obsession with Again, this pair. Again, there's no hate for anything. It's I respect them, but I wouldn't be playing them you in my like car them. at all times. I get it. You know, it looks like I'm reading a little bit about Adam and it seems that he, <laughs> uh, this is actually serious. He had a little bit of uh, bout with depression for a little bit. Um, and he became a, kind of a voice of, of I guess, uh, for the generation of people who were going through depression and it must be hard to date it so many celebrities so he didn't start dating them until after the success of august and everything after so these girls these stories about girls are just common women that mm. were not in any popular nbc uh thank god it's thursday sitcoms <laughs> what was it that, was it thank god thursday no it's uh, it, no it was no, that's that was on uh abc family okay, yeah what was thursday thursday was must see thursday must see tv must see non must see tv ladies man do you remember that it was uh friends seinfeld, seinfeld. and then there was one other one <laughs> 
That it was switched around. I think Frazier or something. <laughs> oh, Frazier. So something else. Frazier. Oh, but man. so these girls, Adam not must-see all. TV women, just basically <laughs> normal, probably very attractive women. All right. So this is uh, next so that song. That was ranking. Yeah. Yes. Sullivan Street is another great song. Did he grow up here? Is there a reason behind this? Did he cry on the street corner one day after getting <laughs> dumped by Courtney Cox? Courtney Crocs. Before, that's her sister. That's probably who it was. <laughs> I just realized that there are some people who are going to be out there and, and they're just going to say, Mike, I'm trying to listen to the album. That's Please fine. stop talking. They actually had a live version of August and Everything After because it was so successful. 2011. Oh, yeah, it looks like in 2007 they had the deluxe edition, the live version, and a bonus disc, too. And they did that live show at the, is it the Elysee Montremar? Montemar? Montemar? In Paris, yeah. That sounds right. Wow. Did you know this song? No, that's what, does uh, this sound familiar to you? I know you were probably, like, mowing lawns. <laughs> Don't this was definitely this not on the radio. This is a deep cut. Yeah, this is... I, I don't think I've ever heard this song before. I'm looking at... I needed to hear that. He does hit those high notes pretty well, like when he goes into those choruses. It's his job. I can imagine Bryson just so, like winding up in the, in the corner. <laughs> Here so, we go, man. This one wasn't... Yeah, the... Mr. Jones is our highest charted. They got number two with Mr. Jones. Mm-hmm. Rain King got to four. Mm-hmm. Round Here, which was the opener, got to 11. And Murder of Run, which is a closer we haven't gotten to yet, got to 17. Um, but it, it's definitely been uh, it's certified gold, mm-hmm. the album was. Platinum, double platinum, triple platinum, quadruple, eight times, seven times wow. platinum, 96. So Now, now I can give him credit for that. Yeah, Holy smokes. That's Wait a lot. Go. 1993, the Billboard Heat Seekers position number two. It was number 66 wow. on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart for the decade of 1990 yeah. to 1999. Goes back to what I said, that why it was one of the greatest albums. Now, this is <laughs> Damn, a great, Adam. Sullivan Street is a great song, but it's one of those deep cuts. So it's just, it's mellow. But again, you have those great harmonies from the guys from the from uh from uh jayhawks you can yeah. and they've got that such like that re- recognizable voice mm-hmm. uh gary what are their names gosh darn it gary um gary gary loris and mark olson those are the those are the singers and maria mckee those are the jayhawks the background oh, vocals okay so okay. you can hear there that twangy vocals on sullivan screen as well it's be- it's a beautiful song yeah oh wow i'm sure, that, lo- I'm sure so, that a lot of people loved it <laughs> me not being one of them I can, but I can respect how much work goes into it because there are a lot of layers that I see in these songs and it's not very easy to write a 5 minute and 32 second song let alone a 4 minute and 30 second song and keep keep the interest and keep the interest yeah and what I feel like there's a lot of bands that don't translate their albums to their live shows like their live shows might be better mm-hmm. than their albums and other bands their That's albums right. are better right, than right. their live shows I feel like these guys would be pretty good to yeah. see in concert. They were great in concert. I've seen them a couple times. Uh, Except for that one time that you couldn't see them in Chicago. Uh, I right? didn't see them, but last time they toured with Matchbox 20, so I was like, Ugh, I don't know. I don't want to That's <laughs> and, a heavy and, hit of 90s right there. Yeah, but those, but, <laughs> but I don't think Matchbox 20 has, has stuck. You know, They haven't stuck around. Counting Crows, I still feel, has the record. They, 
they are still respectable. Matchbox mm-hmm. Twenty has the e, you know you don't want you definitely don't want to admit to listening to them or having all their albums, which no. I'm not saying I did or didn't have. No, they actually made a joke about Matchbox Twenty on on SNL this past week. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, always joke about them too. So. <laughs> well, I guess they kind of hit the ghost train, which brings us into the next <laughs> song, number nine, Ghost now, this Train. One's, yeah, this is one of those ones that I could do without. Are they literally getting on a train? Is this okay? Setting the tone. Very San Francisco sound. Whatever that means. I can I can see this like they getting on one of those uh, those electronic rail carts. <laughs> they're going on. I picture like a, a jazzy room where it's like blue everywhere. Yeah. Blue vibes. You see the smoke just building. Smoke. Back then they were smoking. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, oh man, get that baseline going. Courtney Cox just strolls in with Jennifer yeah. Aniston. They're just thinking, we gotta find ourselves a man. <laughs> Look to the stage. There he is. Adam. She said, hey, how do you do? Okay. Different feel. Darker song. Yeah. It's it's all bass heavy in that song. Yeah. yeah. And this is like we often mention this in the last two out al- uh the last two albums we looked at. This is a time when uh chart position on an album meant something. It was like this is when the C D is about to wind down. Yeah. And you don't really see that with a lot of albums right, today. Right. So I I can see where they're going with this. They're they're bring it down and that that goes for the next song, which is uh Raining in Baltimore. Down on its knees. Big top is crumbling. You know, I was thinking upbeat with raining in Baltimore. <laughs> it's a sober, it's a slow, it's a, what is it? This isn't that long a song, right? It's really <laughs> Yeah, if you consider four minutes and 42 is it really seconds. Four minutes? Oh. Yes. It doesn't change. This is all it does, all the song. Really? Yeah. You know what, with the magic of podcasting, I'm going to go right to the end. Which is the one of the greatest closers of all time. This is still raining in Baltimore. This is four, four minutes in. Yeah. This is this lends itself to the whining that you and people who hate the Con and Crows talk about with Adam Duritz. This, <laughs> this is a really whiny song. He just really needs a raincoat. Well, fucking go get a raincoat. <laughs> I can literally go out I to get the it. corner store. Hey, yeah. Like, I'm not going to argue... When when people discounting crows, this is one of the examples where you're like, all right, I can't defend that. He's repeating rain over and over. Repeating, again. I really need a raincoat. Well, get a fucking raincoat. <laughs> we don't have time for it. That was but, the end of the song. Yeah, here's the last one. A murder, murder of one. Of one. And the and the murder, if you is a is a play on the words because it's, it's me of, listening to the end of this, al- <laughs> this album, right? Yeah. No, counting crows. <laughs> crows. The oh. the murder of one is crows. You're right. This was a hit too. This was their fourth single. You know, 
I like his use of imagery with his music. If, I've never listened Isn't to this album. You know, this is the good thing about this podcast is because I haven't listened to this album ever all the way through. I mean, uh, and, and and to listen to way, the way he kind of formulates his lyrics, it's it's interesting to see the approach he takes because he is a very deep guy, and, and I always wrote them off as a really easy kind of... Uh, just radio friendly band but now I see that he actually took time to make his music and it's not all shit definitely agree with you there he, and that's probably why his deepness is what made all the Friends cast such fans <laughs> I bet you hung out with like Matthew Perry all the time and they just hung out and oh, yeah. did Oxycontin or whatever it was <laughs> that Matthew Perry was addicted to do you think Ross ever joined in, in? David Schwimmer probably not he's no. probably all pissed that he's dating his sister <laughs> <laughs> Although I guess it wasn't really your sister, but no, Murder of One. This was it was such a good song, and mm-hmm. it's such a it's like you said the imagery that he creates with this song, his lyrics mm-hmm. are so amazing, and you don't really you don't get to see that a lot in in music. And uh, and Adam Duritz is and and to my you know uh, for my buck, I think he's one of the greatest songwriters of our time. Um, it's it's sad that you know. I would never admit to that when people are talking to me. Um, and <laughs> so then they're I have asking this you, they're shame. just like, they're just like, hey, Paul, what's your top three? Lennon, McCartney, and Duritz. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I wouldn't say of all time, but of our generation, he's definitely going to go down. I mean, history will tell. Um, but I, I mean, you, you can't beat a guy who had so many hit songs and so many lyrics. And only one haircut. And only one haircut. Consistency. He's nothing if he's not consistent. Mm-hmm. But, um, I just I just think they're one of the greatest bands, and I think that um, I wish that I was a bigger man to uh, be able to admit that and play it in public. But like you said, it's not one of those things that you can just play jamming out of your car unless you've got like a red Mazda Miata convertible, and you're like, hey, that's consistent with what you would hear out of it. Yeah, that. exactly. And and might I add, I, I know I've been making fun of him a lot, but he uh, he I guess did. I, the more I'm reading about the about the man himself, he did suffer through. Uh, depression. Yeah, of course. and and <laughs> kill figure songs like that. Surprise, surprise! That's a shock. Day. Yeah, uh, so he suffered through depression, and he, and it actually lended itself to creativeness, and yeah. I think that's always the best outcome, especially since he came out alive and well and really rocking it, and so. It, you know, emo bands probably wouldn't be the the way that they are today without somebody to pave the way, yeah. like Adam and other people. And like actually, there and and you, it's funny you mentioned that because emo bands, and I wish I remembered what it was called, but they did a cover album of Counting Crows songs, mm. and uh, and a lot of the bands that you love did Counting Crows covers, song covers. And uh, like and the pop just, goes pop or pop go or punk goes pop albums. That yeah, but do? it was all Counting Crows. And I want to say it was all August and everything after, but um, I'm not really sure. Let me see if I have the song, but um, I bet you it's like um, bands that you would listen to. Yeah. Bayside. They said they covered it was it was all Counting Crows songs, not just August and everything and after. But Bayside covered them. A lot of those eyeliner band emo bands that. Oh, nice. So, oh, you know what? I I'm reading more and more, and this is again. This might be the best podcast of all time because we find out all these little tidbits about people we didn't know. I guess his dreads are fake. They're I, not fake. I'm reading this, and it says his That's dreadlocks fake news. That's are Breitbart fake. News from Stereogum.com. You can you can find it. The article is called "Adam Duritz Knows You Hate Him, Takes Meds That Make Him Fat," uh, and it says that his dreads. <laughs> are fake so we got to find this out i if if a listener needs to please update us are his dreads fake i have to know 
here's what here's what we're gonna do. We've come to the point where we have to rate the album yes. as we do based on eleven likes, thumbs ups, whatever emojis you want to use. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna start because okay. this is was my pick, and this is definitely one of the top ten albums of my lifetime. And I'm gonna give this the best you can get is eleven likes or eleven emojis. Yes, eleven likes. I'm giving it ten hearts and one thumbs up. Whoa! That's that's what I'm doing, Paul. That's that is it. a whole new level. I I have to do it. You've you know never what? given a an, uh, an album that high of a rating. Never, before. and I don't know if I will. I don't know if we're gonna get to the ones, but you cannot deny there's 11 songs on here, mm-hmm. all of which I like except for Ghost Train. I didn't like that one. So, but I gave it a thumbs up for effort. But <laughs> everyone else Train. are all hard songs, mm-hmm. and and uh, you can't you can't deny the expertise and the imagery of this amazing band. I stick with my word. What's what's your final verdict on this? Wow! Oh man, so confident. Uh, and and you got. I know you don't like to be negative, but you yes. have to in this case because this is one you shit on. I don't all. like being negative. Uh, I've I've given the last few albums that we've we've taken a look at uh, some pretty high scores. Okay, I went into this thinking that I already had my score set. It was going to be as strong as zero and then deleting my Facebook. But now, <laughs> I, I think after going through the album and hearing the stories behind it and hearing the stories about Adam and how he worked with all these people and how many friends he's dated and how his dreads may or may not be fake and his his lyrical masterism, is that a word? Yeah. Mastery uh, of of just the, the pen. I think that I will stick strong and give this... Five likes. Five likes. Five likes. All right, that's not bad. Where like I'm not going to get out of bed to give it the sixth like. Um, you know what? I'll give it five likes and then like. Uh, have you ever seen that emoji of the guy who just shrugging his shoulders and goes, huh? Yeah. Like kind of like the a shrug, huh. but like it's a happy shrug. He's not sad. He's he's it's like a happy oh. shrug. So he's like I I kind of can get into this. Five lugs. Five likes and one shrug. Five lugs to the nuts five lugs. from at, from <laughs> from his guitarist that he made him sing these horrible songs, but yeah. I'm gonna give it. Did I say five or six? You said five likes, five likes. and one shrug. Five likes. That's five good. likes, one shrug. And if anything, for the consistency of the haircut, I'm gonna give it one wow too. He's he's a good guy. And to be honest, if he wants to jump on this podcast with us and defend the album and you know just hang out with us, I'd be cool with that. In between dating new stars from uh, <laughs> Chicago Med and Chicago PD <laughs> and all the other Thursday shows that are on NBC right now, Adam, you were a good man. And I guess this and is- and the band. And a band, yeah, yeah, great, great band. Counting Crows, they put out a lot of good albums, and like, like you, like we were talking about, number sixty six for the decade. Yeah, I, and and, and Rolling denied. Stone, all those magazines all list them. I'm sure this album is always in the top hundred, mm-hmm. and a lot of people shit on it just because it's cool to shit on it, just yeah. like it is with Matchbox Twenty, which. There's a big difference between them. And oh, Nash yeah, absolutely. I'd, I'd rather listen to this ba- band now that yeah. we listen to this full album than than them. So, Paul. Thank you so much for opening my eyes to the Counting Crows. You're welcome. Uh, August and Everything After was the album. Came out in 1993. The Counting Crows wrote it. I'm going to give it, yeah. I'm going to stay strong. Go and check it out. I won't shit on it anymore, Paul. All right. Well, that's that's a wrap on two guys. One album. She's looking at you. Oh, no, no. She's looking.